When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Team Never Quit podcast is sponsored by Navy Federal Credit Union. Navy Federal serves all branches of the armed forces and are experts in military finances. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. Join me every week as I take you into my briefing room with some of the most hard-charging people on the planet. They're going to show you how to embrace the suck of life, teach you the values of working your ass off, and charge through whatever life throws at you. This is the Team Never Quit Podcast. Don't buckle up, Buttercup. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Team Never Quit Podcast. Hanging out with the guys in the studio. We've got our guest in person today. Right here. Dustin, what's up, man? What's up? Oh, he didn't do it. This summer, one man, Dustin (laughs) Defenderfer. Is that it? Defenderfer. 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 Just like it sounds, spelled. Say it, Morgan. Defenderfer. Was that right? That was good. Damn it. Defenderfer. Just like it's spelled. (laughs) I'm sitting here here listening to him. Defenderfer. Did you introduce yourself properly when he came in the door? Yeah, totally. Cheese whiz. (laughs) Did you say cheese whiz? (laughs) Cheese donkey. Cheese donkey. Okay. So Uh, when we're having problems with our crew... Talent. It's cheese donkey. <laughs> they showed up hungover. Probably still inebriated. See, look at this. Stuck in the booth. But we're here, man. Yeah. We are at least here. I showed up. All right. at least I'm not scared. Sorry, go ahead. I'm not scared. All right, I got a question for you guys. If your life had a theme song, if your life had a theme song, what would it be? That is a great question. <laughs> that is a great question, right? Kid Rock, you never met a motherfucker quite like me. There you go. <laughs> hey, that, that, that's nice, bro. Uh, let's edit that one. Let's <laughs> take that one out. <laughs> well, then I'm going with George Thurgood, Bad of the Bone, dude. Yeah. That'd be a good one. It's a good one. I'd have to say Highwayman with my crew, right? Yeah, I was going to say Country Boy Can't Survive. Carry On, Wayward Son. Oh, that's a good one. Country Boy Can't Survive. Oh, yeah. thank you. Oh. Woo! <laughs> Country Boy Can't Survive is a pretty good one, though. Oh, Hank, what you got? Probably Chris Ledoux, I'm thinking. Which one? one? Ooh. That's what I was thinking. There's one where he's bouncing around all those rodeos, getting pulled over just so he can make it on time. Chris Ledoux's a good throwback. I was just on the mower, this cowboy's hat. Yeah, like, man, I'm big. Chris the Dew fan. Oh, yeah. He's got some good ones. He's got good road tunes. Yeah. Um, like Backwoods By Yourself after you've heard everything on radio a million times. You know who Cody Johnson is? Yeah. Okay. That's probably He's from that's here. Texas, right? Yeah. yeah. Here. here. Really? Yes. Right here. He's a hometown hero. Uh, Dude's he's all the time. He's, he's, he's kind of a, he's a modern day Chris Ledoux in my opinion. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I think this song by Kojo. It's called "Doubt Me Now" would be mine. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. He knows him so well, he calls him Kojo. Kojo. That's what it That's what they call him right. I've never heard that. That's Kojo. 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 Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. It's a thing. No, I've never heard him say he that. He didn't make it up. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that good. <laughs> hell, I thought you was puttings, man. What you got, Dustin? For songs? Oh, you said Chris Ledoux. I'm sorry. That's right. Yeah, Chris Ledoux. Pretty much every song Chris Ledoux sings is about me. <laughs> <laughs> Chicks Dig It. Chris Cagle, no. remember that one? I know that song very well. No, no, that's yours. That's that's a good one. Yeah, I like that's that. Yours? One. That's yours. Chicks dig that's it. Chicks that's dig mine. it. Oh god, man, <laughs> he's on a roll, man. I'm on a roll. A life theme song. That's tough. Though. It is right. Yeah. How about sexy and I know it? <laughs> hey man, I'm just gonna keep going. What you do you there, got? He's over there googling cool, cool, cool walking, walking music. Good walking. I've been thinking about this all day. <laughs> My. Um, God, dog, man. Just like my favorite all-time singer right now. I just cannot think of his name. Every song he sings is badass. Genre of music, and I'll tell you who Country. Country? What about Eye of the Tiger? Just. Yeah, anytime good. that thing comes on, man, it's just like a. <laughs> Not Chris Stapleton. <laughs> What's the guy we were listening to earlier? Luke Combs. Luke Combs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dang, man. You like Luke Combs? Yeah, he's got some good ones. <laughs> I mean, everything that dude sings about yeah. is relatable. That's a good question, man. Great question. But that's a hard. Try. That's tough. I think we should. Uh, I, I, told him, I think we should have deep thought questions. Yeah, like deep thought questions. On it. Like deep music. thought with Marcus and Morgan Latrell. What's that? Uh, the, yeah. What was that one where they used yeah, to play a little think. theme song? Yeah. The, I know we're supposed uh, to have all that, man. But hey, man, I was playing them. Like, I was playing them. <laughs> was that Saturday Night Live? Yeah. Or was that in Living Color? Which is equally as entertaining and good. <laughs> well be, put I'll together, be, thought out. I'm 39. So forty is different. Different. That's a big change. He gets it's on coming screen. up. It's not really. He just says that. It is. Man. This oh, is we're forty. We're in our forty. Well, Dustin is the founder of Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. If you guys didn't already know it, he's a great guy. He has actually been supporting the podcast probably for two plus years now. Really appreciate you being out here today, man. Likewise, it's beautiful down here. Thank you. Man. And that's a Montana boy saying that. How you like this? How you like this weather, bud? Oh man, <laughs> I did a workout this morning and. Sweated about eight gallons. Of so sweat. the humidity hits you, gonna hit you hard, man. It's hard. tough down here. Yeah, that's that's a separation between us, the the guys that when that humidity, you grow up in that cold atmosphere, especially down here. We tell people don't even come visit in August, man. Yeah, it's no joke. The humidity it gets you. Just, just started sweating. The it's not even hot thing. yet. Like this. No, is, this ain't nothing. This is great. <laughs> this is mild. We actually have perfect weather. I mean, we do. We have perfect weather like, at night. At night, like especially, it'll get down to the seventies and the fifties sometimes. Yeah. And then in the morning, we have these early. But when the humidity's in here, it's one hundred and twenty, one hundred and fifty. Man, it's just not cool. That's rough. Not cool at all. Yeah, it's not, it's not cool. cool. <laughs> it's, it's not very nice at all. It's very... It feels good though. We've had a cold winter in Montana, long winter. Mm. We're yeah no, on we that did, one, dude. Our Oh, we Christmas have, it was we warm. warm. Yeah, I was about to say we were in shorts for Christmas. We had the freeze. Really? Yep. We had the freeze. Mm-hmm. We had a bill last freeze year. Last year, right? that? that was yeah, year before last. Year before last, yeah, that was a big deal to us. First freeze, twenty degrees. <laughs> oh, it was and like snow. No, no, no. That's yeah. and stayed. It was, but it was twenty degrees. Can you imagine? We're freaking out Can about twenty degrees. It's like That's twenty degrees normal. year round yeah. where you guys are. Yeah, every night. Well, then just I mean, sit there and let us to complain about it. We love it, though. This is how you learn how to be relative, right? Yeah. So this is kind of when the stuff that we complain about, y'all don't and vice versa. But we actually come up to hang out with y'all just to get in the cold. Yeah. 
get in the snow. And, do all, and play all them games you guys got up there. Yeah. Because you got good hunting. Yeah, because Hunting. It's a great spot. Hunting, fishing, skiing. Tell us a little about yourself, man. So you're born and raised in Montana, right? Yeah, born and raised in Montana. Um, my dad came from Wyoming. They ran a quarter horse ranch. Ooh, we did that. Wyoming. Did you grow up on that? Uh, yeah, I was. We moved to Billings when I was six months. So my dad left the ranch, got into crude oil marketing. So he's That's been to Houston switch. a lot. Yeah, for all the crude oil, but always went down to see my grandpa on his place. He was into racing quarter horses. That's what we were, and, we and the oil business too. Yeah. Until our dad got in the chemical business when the oil business took a hit. When was that? In the eighties. Eighties. Eighties, right? Yeah. Eighty-four. Right. Same line. We were in the. I think those ran together. The, all the boys that were in the oil business got in the quarter horse. Can't make no yeah. money on quarter horses. Because we we had <laughs> no. a quarter horse ranch. I mean, we had up as eight were eight hundred eight hundred head. No, not even close. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, we did. No, that is a gross <laughs> embellishment of the truth. No, it's we, had, not. we did have four bloodlines going through our ranch, though. You did. And we spent every weekend weekend at the damn track. Yeah, I remember that every weekend as a kid, just standing next to my grandpa at the track. We would go like Casper, Wyoming, just watch the races. We never went that far. We Oklahoma, I think. Was Oklahoma, yeah. Maybe Kansas They may have went some more, uh, further than that, but we always stayed back. I know the quarter horses are pretty regional, like compared to the thoroughbreds. You're still in that now? Still on a ranch now? Nope. Yeah, so he passed and then grew up in Billings, went to college in Bozeman, but just grew up around the whole passion of bow hunting. So my dad got me into bow hunting for elk when I was 12. Then we started traveling the West all throughout Montana, Idaho, Wyoming, New Mexico, just archery hunting with him. And that was kind of our thing. It was bow hunting all fall fly fishing all summer so went to college in bozeman because i wanted to be around better hunting being a billings kid and then still just kind of pursued those passions of the outdoors it's gonna be great going to college in montana it's good because that's Mon montana is that montana or montana state bozeman's montana state okay because our country where we went to school is our little country College, same as the state. And we get all the hunting and fishing we could do, but not like, just different, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they still have like the gun lockers at Montana State. So you show up, put all your guns in the basement, the dorms, just so you can go hunting all the time. Yeah. That's really cool. That's that's more Texas that's than saying, Texas. That's saying something. <laughs> that's pretty cool. You got to leave it in your truck here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got brothers and sisters? One sister. Yeah, four years older than I am. What's she do? Uh, she's in Billings, just raising kids. Selling insurance. Being a mommy. Cool. All your family, like how many generations have come out of there? Y'all, are y'all the ones that founded it? Um, the Mountain Tough? No, no, no. How long, you feel, how long has your family <laughs> been in Montana? Um, since like my grandma Irma came there in like 1910. Yeah, so way back, right? Yeah, I remember she gave me a wallet from her husband, my great, great grandpa after he died. And it showed... Uh, his idea in there of him coming to Ranchester, Wyoming in like 1909. That's cool, man. Pretty wild. That is wild. It's a good spot. I like your, so be, being comfortable, being uncomfortable. We say that a lot. Yeah. I don't know how you would say it. We say that a Explain lot. Explain that. Yeah. So I, I think for us, getting comfortable, being uncomfortable is getting people 
able to handle adversity. So if you can handle adversity in the gym, you can handle it a lot better in the field. If you can handle it in the field, you can handle it a a lot better at home. So we want people to be comfortable being uncomfortable so that they don't freak out and panic so that stress level comes down and it's a situation they can deal with. So that's good because this is the perfect topic to talk about too and you're the perfect person to, talk, to, to speak on this. In 2020, people don't like to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. and it shows at a very grand scale. Yeah. Yeah, it's a huge problem. I mean, Mount, like Mountain Tough's ma- major mission right now, we started in... So we Mountain Tough started in 2016 and... Most of it started off of that background of mine being a Montana kid, passionate archery elk hunter. Then when I, when I went to college in Bozeman, I met my wife, and she was the passionate runner. And so we started traveling around and doing all these. So you chased her? Chased her, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she loved to run. I Do you like it. to run? I did not like to run. At all, right? No, yeah. Do you now? I still don't like to okay, run. Okay, great. Yeah. I mean, how is that? Because he likes to, he loves to run. Yeah. He, run, he runs ultra, so I mean, there's, he there's, loves there's, run. there's like a gray area. I, I don't at all. Yeah. I mean, not even remotely. And he's like, hey, man, come watch me run. <laughs> like, but if I don't like to run, why would I even want to watch you do that kind of deal? I mean, it's the one sport it's tough to keep up with. Yeah, it's not really a spectator sport. Nah, yeah, man. Especially when you run in the mountains. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd you go? There he was. We waited for six, 24 hours. Good to see you. Hell and good. then if you Once. do ask him a question, like, hey, how you doing? They, they can't talk because they're, they're doing the breathing pattern, so. Yeah. Yeah, so it, we've been on this journey since then to, to essentially help men become more mentally tough. And one of the ways that we do that is through all of our training. But one of the big things that we're doing now is we know that, like, a, a man that can become more used to some adversity and then especially can spend some time outside in the outdoors doing really harder things is going to be a way better man. And so that's our our mission right now, which is very rooted around training someone for an extreme backcountry hunt. So how would you train someone for seven to 10 days, Alaska doll sheep hunt? Well, we'll train them exactly for that mission, very mission specific. But more importantly, what we want that person to learn is how to handle adversity because we know that training for that hunt alone is going to change his life. We know the hunt's going to change his life. And then we know that he's going to come home a better father, husband, and friend. So it's a it's a fun, really awesome journey we've been on. Lots of life-changing hunting. Mm-hmm. That's a life, just the training for the hunt in itself will get them where they want to go. Yeah. The hunt solidifies it. I mean, there is an absolute change in somebody when you do that for the first time. It's a different life altogether. I mean, especially if they're not a, a hunter by birth, like hunter-gatherer. That's a whole thing of people. Mm-hmm. You take them out there, and you, you can see a physical change in them. It's a confidence and, and builds that. Take them back to the old ways, how it used to be, where you had to get your butt up and go do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because you, cause you're familiar with ultra running and marathons and just living in the outdoors. It's, it's not risk. I don't know if this translates very well because, like, the hunt's the exciting part, but like for the runs, mm-hmm. the race is nothing. It's the journey getting there. Yeah, it's the most rewarding. The training the race effect. is just one day, right? Yeah. The cool part I, about hunting is there's a reward. I mean, it would be great to put this in. So we're 
Do you guys specifically focus on training people that are going on these crazy hunts? Because I think like people in the executive levels that need to be taken outside their comfort zone in order. Yeah, because yeah, one feet as, as grueling as it gets in corporate America. If you have somebody who, because the way we relate to it, and you can relate to this too, is like, hey, look, for us, nobody's shooting at us. It ain't that big of a deal. I'm not going to get spun up. You're not going to piss me off. I'm not going to start yelling. I'm not going to freak out because it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Been through worse. Yeah. A lot of these people can't, they don't have that relative experience. This is. Yeah. They don't have that core of. You guys take them up there or you, well, just, that, you yeah. do it virtually? so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm going to get you that budget just as soon as... Right. Mikey, popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart, Brian. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's all virtual. Yeah. So when we started, we were getting all the, in 2016, 17, 18, we were getting all of the diehard backcountry hunters. So there was a group of hunters out there that were just waiting for us to exist. So they were waiting for someone to train them mission specifically for this job. So we always talk about it as like, in the NFL, the NFL's world's best strength coach is going to He's going to train the offensive lineman very specific for that job. But Functional strength. Yeah. But he's going to train the wide receiver very differently than the offensive lineman. Sure. Well, no one had ever treated the, the backcountry hunter that way. And the backcountry hunter is a really unique athlete. They, they have to go in, uh, you know, seven to ten days, high elevation, rugged terrain, the weather. But what makes them pretty unique is coming out with those heavy loads Mm -hmm. so there's not many other athletes coming out with those heavy loads on the end of their trip and people don't know what that means explaining to them what we do yeah you're carrying in you're carrying out what you shot yeah but yeah so you're going in you're going in with uh, 50 pounds which is all the food water and supplies shelter that you're going to need for seven to ten days but if you're fortunate enough to harvest an animal even like deer, elk, moose, bear, caribou, you're coming out with 100 pounds, 80, 90, 100 pounds. But more than that, you're usually having to do that three or four trips. So if you're on a solo like backcountry elk hunt and you're 13 miles in, if you harvest an elk on day seven, you're going to have to go in there four times to get that elk out. So you're going in four times coming out with 100 pounds each time. So it's a very unique athlete compared to 
anything else. And so breaking down that athlete specifically and training them specifically is, is awesome, but it's also very apparent that that athlete needs to be extremely mentally tough. Yeah, and to, and to break that down, let's peel that onion back even more. So let's just say, hypothetically, you're going in for 13 miles for an elk. Yep. You're not walking a 15-minute pace. Mm-hmm. You're climbing mountains. You're going up. You're doing up-downs. You're, you're going at a snail's pace. So it is an evolution. Yeah. Because... Going in, you have to pack out all the water, which weighs a ton, because mm-hmm. you have to stay hydrated or you become a casualty yourself. Minimal food, but you have to eat. Yep. And then by the time you get to the animal, you have to have enough store to get back out and do it all over again. Yep. And that in itself is just a kick in the cojones. Yeah. Because most guys, or it depends. There's a difference between that ultra running kind of deal and then hunting up there. You train them for like buddy training. They like going in in pairs because going by yourself, man. Most guys we like to do that. It's the simplicity of it. it's by yourself. It's like those rugged, but that's also where that it's tough. Yeah, it's yeah. Tough, a lot man. of a lot of these backcountry hunts will have two or three people on them for sure. But there definitely is the situations where the guy's gonna go in solo, and that's where you see the real. That's where you see if someone's gonna make it or not is you'll have someone who thinks they're really physically fit and is a phenomenal hunter, but getting their elk out solo is a whole different game. Oh. I think getting a moose out. It's a different pack. Yeah. Yeah. Moose quarters. Yeah. I mean, I don't think most people know about this, these types of hunts, especially people here in the South, you know, how, how uh, physically demanding that is. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think to go back to your first question about corporate executives and others that could really use this kind of training, we've seen we've seen a tremendous amount of that in the last couple of years. So after we got after we first started getting a lot of the diehards, now what we see is a ton of people are using our training or just a ton of Americans are looking for a backcountry hunt as something that's very aspirational. So mm-hmm. like in the corporate world, you'll see a ton of people that have never hunted out West before, but it is something they want to do two years from now, and they're ready to start training for it now, which is exciting for us because we know that that life change is going to start to happen just by that training, just like you saw with the ultras. Like There's race day, and then there's that whole year you train for that race and you learn more from that training than you almost do on race. I mean, the Saturdays and Sundays on training days were nightmares Mm -hmm. to prep you for that one day. Yeah. So it's almost, if you want to see how tough you are, you got to see how tough you're not. And there's different arenas. Mm -hmm. So explain that. I mean, from, from the the way I do my training now, because the way I'm beat up when January and February come in, I got to start thinking about the gym and I'll do that for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. and then I'll lay my clothes out and try to get used to it. And then I'll come down to the gym and just, you can do one push up and leave. Cause it takes more willpower to do one push up and leave than it does to get in there and just be miserable the whole time. It's like building up a process. It's a mm-hmm. step by step kind of deal. And that, that is, you change in that and you don't even know. Yeah. Like slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Most people won't even step in anything cause they look at the out, what, the, what they're looking at. Mm-hmm. Especially if, if they don't look like that. I was like, man, there's no, I can't do that because I'm not built like that. I was like, man, the mountain made that. Mm-hmm. Mountain did that to you, right? 
And if it's, it's like going into people won't take jujitsu because they think you're going to get your ass whipped every single freaking day. No, they're in there to coach you. They're in there yeah. to help you. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about like it's a, it's a, it's not a beat you to death and, and hurt you because that just that scares most people away. Yeah. It's like, I mean, you learn to whip your ass on your own and it becomes an, a, a rite of passage for yourself and you, you, you change and it feeds itself, man. You, you, people are like, how do you keep this? Man, just keep showing back up. Yeah. Just, just keep showing Give back us up. a kind of an idea of what. I know that's not, I can't say atypical or atypical. So give us an atypical workout where, say, we're back under, we're going for bear. I mean, mm-hmm. you lay this thing out. Hey, look, I'm going to call you. Like, I'm going brown bear hunting. So I'd tell you, hey, I'm going in August. This is where I'm going. What do I need? Yeah, so all of our training is is focusing on the backcountry hunter in general. So we're not going to break down for like a specific hunt. But what we are doing is breaking down that specific athlete and what they're going to need and the skills that they're going to require. And then after that, we decide, is that athlete going to train at home or are they going to train in the gym? So building a program around someone that's got – full gym or someone who's got minimal so we need gear. To build a program for this dude and then let them go through it and then on the way back it'll be like hey how to work out yeah mm. is that backcountry enough the bear hunts oh yeah all right check oh yeah for sure yeah yeah, yeah. walk to walk talk talk yeah i'm excited for you man <laughs> here we got another dude, dude he can do it i think the the adversity building though is spot on where people get to where it is just one baby step after another baby step after another baby step. And then they look back and realize they're way tougher than they used to be. Is that how you push people? I get the question all the time. How do I push past mental fatigue and a mental breakdown? Do you guys have a program that does it then just small baby, like you're saying, like baby steps, you'll, you'll, you'll meet a threshold. You'll, you'll meet a threshold and then exceed a threshold. Is that kind of y'all's philosophy? Yep. Yeah, so a lot of what we'll do is start someone on like a beginner ramp up, ramp them up, and then that beginner phase is all neuro recruitment. So making sure that all the muscles are firing the right way, making sure that you're not going to get injured. And then we'll introduce something really hard. And so all of our programming has a lot of mental t- toughness. Like what, like a 10-mile ruck run or, or walk, not march or something like that or? Yeah, we have some, we have like ruck periodizations in all of our programs because you just can't mimic a heavy pack in the gym. So these folks are going to need to put on a heavy pack to get ready for these trips. So all of our programming has ruck periodizations in it, which is heavy pack training um, with long extended days. Oh, man. All right. How do you correlate the, the weather? The weather training? Yeah. A lot of that is... Because that's the kick in the nuts. Yeah. When that sucker rolls in, yeah, you know what I mean. I, I think about I, I, you don't really notice that until you put a bunch of the military taught us this. When you put a bunch of us in one area and switch the conditions, see which dudes freaking boonk. Yeah, and that that physical training that's got to be difficult, huh? That's tough. Yeah, Man. yeah, and training people for the the weather is is very challenging without throwing them in there. Like to do that in a controlled environment is hard. So I think. Kicking, like making sure that they are getting outside and doing these workouts in preparation for the hunt is a game changer. Oh, yeah. Like making sure they're wearing the boots they're going to wear on these trips, the clothes they're going to wear on these trips, the pack they're going to wear on these trips is a game changer. Bro, that's huge. It's almost like, you. hey, look, when the weather turns foul, you get to get your ass outside. 
The only way you're going to learn how to live, survive on a rainy day is get out there and live in it. Yeah. That and that helps when you're young. That and when we go into the military at a young age, man, they just throw us out there and all that stuff we have to go through. We can't you don't even know any better? But then what are we going to do? Just complain, and then yeah. you get that complaint out of there. So when we, you know we go outside and the, the whatever turns on us, we're like, yeah, man, you know, we remember what it was like to be young, complain through it. But once you know you can make it through there, then that's a that's a hard set. set. Yeah, like once you push through something, man, it's staked in the ground. You can't, you're not going back. It's like knowing you went through junior high, high school, and college. You don't have to go back through that, man. You already did it, right? <laughs> yeah, you can just revert. Remember, that's yeah. a pretty pretty solid advice that I don't think a lot of people consider. Is hey, look, if if, if you're especially people that never hunted before, like it's like a bucket list thing. Like I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. If you, I'd say I always say a year, but let's just say six six months for argument's sake. If you don't have the pack, like you're saying, the pack, the boots, the pants, and you're not walking working out if you're not feeling how that thing rides on your shoulders how wear it that hot spot it gives you on your lower back yeah you know if you're not doing that and you get into the mountains to do that for the first time dunsky yeah yeah it's almost like yeah. you're, you're you're preparing your body for that suck all because it the harder you train is like oh it gets so much easier like no 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 that's not what that that's means that's a relatability to the yeah training just, for the yeah. races you get and then your race body day. ready for that yeah so when it shows up you know you're in it yeah and yeah the more you do it sure it's like get good at something and get to you not bad at it. But the, the, all the scars that we carry and everything from all that, I mean, when we throw it on there, it's still, f- we can feel it. Yeah. Have you gotten any feedback from anybody that you trained that's, you know, like I showed up wearing a new pair of boots? Totally <laughs> going to give me a boot. That's awesome. It's so crazy how like common that is for. How do you, how do you address them? It's like, hey, man, you look new. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be a You're problem. Shiny. You're yeah. kind of new, man. <laughs> oh, man. It's so common. People crashing and burning because they didn't try their gear out, which is crazy because, like, to be a really proficient hunter, they're going to spend all summer shooting their bow. They're going to spend all summer shooting their rifle, but they need to treat their body as a weapon, too, to be ready for these trips. have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Never failed, and I always. When he and I both went through sniper school, and it never fails when you're doing those stocks. And you got you got your rook, you got your right, you got your drag bag, you got your gills, you got cameras, you got everything. 
And every single time you got in a position to take the perfect shot, you were never, ever laying perfectly prone. Mm-hmm. You're literally like bouncing on one uh, knee, leaning up against a tree. I mean, oh, something yeah. crazy. Yeah, uh, and do practicing that way, because when it comes down to the shot and you've traipsed up through those mountains and out through that miserable, yep. you're never going to be comfortable. If you look good in practice, you're not practicing. Yeah. At all. <laughs> <laughs> you got to make it. Oh, my God, dude. I mean, some of that stuff. It just Oh, the best is when you get the gear. Hell, yeah, it looks good on the model. It definitely looks good on the model, but you don't look like the model. <laughs> yeah. So you need to put that shit on there and get some jangling going. That model ain't got no wheel handles, man. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. Yeah, when, dude, when, when you lay down I mean, somewhere and that motherfucker starts digging on you, yeah, and I holes. mean, it will drive you crazy. Oh, right? man. Right? I mean, yeah. that's especially if you're hunting. Because you... In the military, if you get pissed off because that stuff's doing to you, make some noise, sweet, it's a fight. Let's do it. You know, I was so pissed off, man. Go start a fight, bro. Let's go get in one. Yeah. Out there, you, I mean, it's quiet. You, yeah. can't, you can't be doing that, yeah. dude, man. And to know what makes noise and what doesn't. What rattles after this, when it's, after it's wet, bro. Oh, yeah. You get something wet, that changes everything. Squeaky. Yeah. Squeaky. <laughs> <laughs> ah, man. Then how, how pissed off you get. Your intentions of opening something out there. Mm-hmm. Like when you're upset, you open it real fast as opposed to just trying you to... You guys walk people through all that kind of oh, stuff, too, man. When you're, when you're coaching them? We do a little bit of gear, <laughs> like education. Mostly it's encouraging them to wear this stuff on those ruck periodizations. So if they spend all summer in this stuff, they're going to be in pretty good shape when they get out there. Jet, have him jump in that temper beating bed with it on. <laughs> with that rug on, man. So, get in so that bed, sleep on it. You have to, you have to, you have to silence all your gear, right? It's even just, it's, it's, it's applicable to hunting, too. You have to silence, make sure it makes well, no noise. But if, you, if you're in a room like this, let's say of all of us, you're trying to silence your gear, you put it on, you jump around, you fall down, oh, you roll dude. around, and you're like, oh, I, I can't hear anything. But when you're out in the middle of nowhere and it's pitch black, Quiet, and nobody's making all, a peep, everything. it is the loudest shit you've ever heard. You're like, where did that come from? Oh, Get yeah. a friend with yeah. some new babies, throw your girl on and walk around <laughs> in the nursery trying not to wake them up. Yeah. I mean, that's what you're dealing with, right? And those animals can hear it from miles away. And smell. I mean, you, you smell new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. It's you, crazy. And, and guys get detailed on it. Now, that's what happens. Yeah. That's how guys get good. Yeah, because they, their attention to detail in the stuff that sucks, you can you can nitpick that stuff to where it's it's good. Like you you you're smooth man, that kind of deal. Sure, that's that. There's not very many of them, mm-hmm. and, and we all see them. You know, what I'm talking about like when they when when you say their name or some shit like that, they'll be like, oh yeah, that dude, man, that that's his life. Yeah, you guys have people come up to the lab and you personally. We train do. Them? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we have our our headquarters in Bozeman which is an R&D lab for the mountain athlete, which is awesome. Dude, that needs to be an Olympic sport. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's my favorite place. So every day we're researching what works and what doesn't work on the mountain. And we're lucky that we get to test a lot of that on the world's most dedicated just because of who lives in Bozeman. We're fortunate that, you know, the... A lot of the most dedicated hunters live there, but also you're going to have dedicated backcountry skiers. Um, you realize don't, everyone always just everyone in, in Montana is like Yellowstone. <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone. Uh, I, this whole this you'd whole be surprised, bro. <laughs> this whole time, like, what character you remind me of? But it doesn't Yellowstone. matter what. Uh, every time you open your mouth to someone down here in the south, they're going to be like. That's one of them Yellowstone boys out there, man. <laughs> Which one is he, right? Oh, yeah. 
yeah. How did, all, how did all this thing get started in the first place? Like, what led you to create Mountains of Fitness? Oh, man, the story is, is cool just looking back on it now. So what happened when my wife and I started getting into all those ultra marathons is we went to Ethiopia through our church. So we went to Ethiopia on a short-term mission trip. And before we went, um, I had like this corporate America dream type job. So I landed this job really young in Bozeman um, where they the sky was the limit on income in terms of like corporate America business stuff. It was the, the best job I was going to get in the Rocky Mountain West. And then we went to Ethiopia and we worked for two weeks that ki- with kids that only lived in the landfill. So these kids uh, slept in the landfill, ate in the landfill, hung out in the landfill all day. So think of your think of your like big local dump where everyone's taking their stuff all day long. That's where these kids lived. So we spent two weeks just working with hanging out with them every day, just trying to be a resource any way we could. And so I came home from that trip and it was just like complete uh, re-entry depression. So like I came back to my plush life in Bozeman, um, nothing to worry about, nothing to stress about after just watching those kids live in the dump for two weeks. And so I was having a really hard time with that whole concept. And my wife and I didn't have any kids at that time. And so we're like, now's the time to go back. Let's just go back. Um, now's the time. And so we both we both quit our big kind of corporate America dream jobs. She was um, in advertising in a nursing school. And then I quit my job. And uh, we went back to Africa full time. And so we wound up in Uganda. And Uganda had a few years earlier just came out of that civil war with Joseph Coney. So Joseph Coney was leading uh, the LRA, the child soldiers. Yeah. So he had child soldiers just steamrolling through there. And we worked with a orphanage that was out there to rescue those kids. And the coolest thing about this place was there's a lot of orphanages in Africa, but this one in particular the whole model was to keep kids from being in this orphanage system their whole lives, which is a component I loved. The model was like, let's rescue these kids, but then let's teach them some skills so that they can be the next leaders uh, in their region. So the entrepreneurship skills we were able to teach them, and then my wife was able to teach the nursing skills was phenomenal. And so we ran this place of 240 kids and a a lot of them were casualties of the war. So a lot of them had lost their whole family because the LRA had came through their whole village. But the crazy part was like a lot of kids there were child soldiers themselves that had been rescued from the system. So like there was boys there that um, were in situations where the LRA would come into their village in the middle of the night and they would ask the boys if they would join. 
So one of our guys, they asked if they would join. The brother said no, and they just shot the brother right in the head right next to him. And then, so he ended up being a child soldier because he didn't want to get shot like his brother. And then they would just send him into villages with machetes in the middle of the night. And so the the kids that we were able to work with was just life-changing, game-changing stuff. It was the funnest, most rewarding, adrenaline-pumping, challenging season of my life for sure. And so how this all led to Mountain Tough is, is kind of a, it's kind of cool looking back on, just like looking back on God's footsteps now is crazy because there was the, the, there was like the ranch history in our family. And then there was the elk hunting of my childhood with my dad. And then the ultra running with my wife into the work in Africa, all of those components, like I have a part in Mountain Tough, which is awesome when the the whole like grit and adversity that's involved but what happened that that started us officially was we thought we were going to stay in uganda forever and it was the the best thing we ever did and then my wife got pregnant and so at nine months we came home to bozeman to have my first daughter be delivered and we had no plan b we for for sure thought my daughter would be born in Bozeman, and then we would just be right back at the guest house a few weeks later. And being a, like a first-time parent, I had no idea. What, what that was. <laughs> I had no awesome. idea what that actually <laughs> meant. So we ended up having our daughter, and when she came out as a as a real human, I was like, "There's no way that I can take this tiny little thing back to Uganda right now." And so, what that led to was like the best part of that was it led to this, this like paradigm breaking where it was like, you don't need to just go back and chase the corporate America stuff that everyone else is doing. You don't need to do what everyone else is doing. And then Africa teaches you a ton about like, you don't need to worry so much about uh, money and finances and uh, corporate ladder type stuff. And so you know, one big eye opener of Africa is the people are generally way happier than Americans. So people living over there with nothing are typically pretty happy and and smiling and having pretty good days for the most part. And so all of those events, what it did lead me to do was I knew I was going to start. Besides the kids and everybody running in the tents with machetes. Yeah. I mean, besides that. can get out of hand. Yeah, that stuff is crazy. But I think. How how is that? That's a a huge paradigm shift, right? Yeah. The happiness? Well, no, to be that happy, but for that to. The rest of the world has no clue. How? A lot of people don't even know that exists. Mm -hmm. And if they even do, they don't know what that really is. Smells like. Yeah. Yeah. Are you seeing it? Or hearing about it and seeing it? Seeing it's the one thing you see that shit on TV. Man, when you're in, it, when you're in there and, and that smell it. hits you in the face, man. You know yeah. that and you'll never forget, which I'm sure yeah. you, you know.
it's crazy to see like it is astonishing to see how some some of them are so happy living in in third world conditions i think a lot of it is they're not very distracted like americans are so they're not on their phones all day they're not um chasing a lot of different emails i think a lot of it is their connection to nature is way oh, deeper. Oh, sure. That's how you reset. Yeah. And third world, I mean, just because you're poor doesn't, that doesn't, money, like you said, doesn't mean anything. Because mm-hmm. I know billionaires that live in a cabin, it's cleanliness. Like if you know, if you pick it up, if you're not killing everybody around you and, and things are happy, that's mm-hmm. how you know that's that's a rich life. Do you ever expose to conflict while you're over there? Or they kind of keep you a little bit further back? Yeah, I was never, I was never exposed. Just a few like, sketchy situations but no we never had anyone come in with guns that's ba- the, the taking the going over there and seeing that we do it in our family too it's important if you to take the kids too yeah anytime yeah. you want to appreciate america the minute you see somebody not appreciating america yeah there needs to be a program like yeah even when civilians can hide like you ain't appreciating this place you need to take your ass over and do something about it <laughs> right because i mean it'll it does it as soon as you come back in here so much so that it, it, it showed you the life. I mean, you, when you have everything, sometimes it's, it's cool to see it. I mean, you go back and there's a reminder of sure, how you wonderful you got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, it's, a, it's a balance, man. It's, it's that reset, sure. So you guys just came, y'all came back after. How many kids do you have now? Two. Two yeah. daughters now. Yeah. So how we, old? Seven and nine. That's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, what are their names? Ava and Addie. I have one of those. Addie. Adelaide. Yeah. It's a family name. And, um, I married into a Cajun family. I met my, my wife on a blind date. Had no idea. <laughs> she was from Louisiana. It's a big deal. Marrying outside our gene pool. Yeah. He almost lost his mind about it. But, uh, cause she was here in Texas when I found her. And, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so, the family name Joy, Adelaide was, she had it in her family. How'd you guys, um, kick it off? Yeah. So then, I, so based on all those experiences, I just knew a, that I was going to do something I was passionate about. And then B, I knew I was going to do something that kept me outside more, away from a computer more, and kept me engaged with building a community. And so that was like the epiphany moment for Mountain Tough was, hey, no one's no one's doing this. No one's training these guys, and let's build a community around it. And so it started bootstrap, like 100% bootstrap. My buddy built the logo. We hung flyers in the bow shop. I started training guys in the park behind my house. So I trained guys in the park behind my house on the monkey bars. And then we ended up moving into a PT clinic and then leased our own gym. And now we're building a new R&D lab right now. But it's been a it's been a crazy journey. And just watching the community grow and people do this training all over the world now is cool. Do you have your own merchandise your own rucks you develop yep. your own rucksacks and all that kind of stuff no no we just have the merch yeah. oh you know what you yeah. kind of develop is a predator program but i mean for from for men so think about that so you, in the beginning you train them to get out in the mountains away from their tech yeah away from the kids because they're proficient at that teach them the proficient without it back in the land gap and then kind of like with the military and, that, and a predator right all they are is high speed old-fashioned Mm-hmm. You got that, 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 the tech is cool. The bows we carry now, and I, this amazes me. Every year they add something to it to make them cooler. Yeah. They don't weigh anything anymore. You can, the only thing you hear ripping through the air is that freaking arrow. You make them any faster, they split in half. 
It's, it's crazy. It's pretty unbelievable, right? Yeah. Uh, with, with the tech that we have, I would imagine now they'll get into where they can fold out. You, and you, uh, back stuff, you recurve longbow or compound? Compound. Yeah. All right, I Did you see the slingshot with the the compound bow that you put the slingshot webbing in it? No. Yeah. But, but, this dude was 300 yards popping steel with ball bearings. 300 a, yards? 300 yards. Took a, a slingshot uh, webbing, put it inside the compound bow, and was just reeling it. Crazy. That is a kick-ass weapon. Yeah. I started shooting crossbows. You did? Yeah, that's his thing, Ravens. Man. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're really cool. Cool. Yeah. 400 feet per second. I said it was cool, man. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Don't give me um, a look. I said it was cool. I, I can't be doing I'll tell you what, if you guys did rucksacks, I'd, I'd buy one up in right now. I don't know how far, down, how far you guys are pushing. Like, Imagine that you bring somebody in. Hey, this is the hunt I'm going to do. And here's your body type. We've researched all this. We make our own. Here's the internal frame, external frame. I'm just saying. Yeah. Because for carrying, it's different. It's a different kind of weight carrying, right? When we're talking about meat, bloody, everything. Oh, yeah. This, I mean, it's it's almost, you just got to put that animal on. Teach him how to. You got to specialize that. That animal down there is if you took that hide and put it on, right? And then somehow drug them. That's the way they'd old school it. Yeah, you got to have pretty specialized gear now. For... Teach them how to pack their rucks and everything. We, we express how big of a deal that is. Yeah, <laughs> that's a big deal. We're not doing any pack education right now. Right, oh, yeah, write this down, man. We're giving you. Yeah, we're giving you <laughs> yeah we had weeks and weeks and weeks yeah. of, hey, this is how you need. Oh, yeah. We're going to spin you up. That's why you can get this thing rocked off, man. It'll just be as awesome shit that we'll give you visit. a bunch of <laughs> it's fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. Come hang out, yeah. bro. How many members are you up to right now? 10, 10,000? Yeah, so we're uh, we're at like 13,000 now. So 13,000 guys across the oh, country. Oh, 10, you're in. It's crazy. Like one tells the other, it perpetuates itself. That's sign. how it grows. Yeah. sign up as You keep doing All you do is just keep doing your thing. Yeah. Just just keep doing your thing. Where do you want to, where are you guys wanting to take this thing? And just... So the, the mission for the next couple of years is exciting because it's, I think it's all about, we always talk about it with our team is what we're doing is we're creating elite men. And so we have. We Say have, that again. We're, Everybody we're, needs to hear it's that. It's not pretty good. You even delivered it well. We're creating elite men is Boom. what we're doing. It's I understood awesome. I the whole word there in the concert. That is a T-shirt and a half. You got that on the back of one of your shirts? Not yet. You guys have all the ideas. Right? You said it. I'm giving it to you, man. Dude, <laughs> throwing them back. Just pulling them juices <laughs> out of them, bro. Let's do a co-branded. You recording yeah. this? Yeah. So there you go. So we... I'm writing that down. Yeah. We're giving all this for you, man. This ain't our ideas. Everything... Dude, if we can help you in any way. You got a solid plan. We create yeah. elite men. It's awesome. It, does. it works, man. It's a big Seriously. deal in 2022. Yeah. And we, you know, we don't define elite like the world does necessarily. For us, it's like this this man needs to be physically strong. They need to be mentally strong. And then mental has a lot of components. They need to be mentally tough, but can they handle stress? Do they know mm -hmm. how to deal with anxiety? What are they going to do about um, those kind of elements, and then there's the there's the whole spiritual realm. So there's a lot of ways to take care of an elite man, but they're all it's like four legs to a really good bar stool. So they need to have the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual. Yeah. And if one of those legs breaks, they're in trouble. So that like an elite man needs to be focused on those areas. And we've done a really good job of, of taking care of them physically and mentally, but there's still like so much that we can we can help them learn over the oh, next couple of years. Oh, nature teaches that. That, that, that. that hard one, they're all hard. Emotion. Because basically the way you teach that is you got to deal with everyone's emotion. Everyone else's, it's sharp and yours. Yeah. Like you'll run into it. And if you have, haven't never seen it before, man, it, you're kind of like, what? But 
one feeds the other. When you put them suckers into nature, they can't talk back. It's like out here, man, you grew up on a horse ranch too. It's like, man, you got a wild ass kid. Put him out there with the animals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Put him out there with the alpha, the man, the, the bull, right? <laughs> yeah. Some stud horses. They can't talk back. Yeah. And look at their asses handed to them. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Calls so, them down. So, so, we create elite men. So, what does that mean? It's like in any given situation, they cannot be broken. So, if you have the four legs spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical, if one of those is either taken away, the other three will have to compensate until we can fix the one. But they're so mm-hmm. proficient in all four. That's what we focus on, right? That's what you guys are focusing on. We're so proficient at building out the four legs can't be broken. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's amazing. Pillars. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, it's crazy what, like, even if you take uh, the spiritual pillar, for example, like, one thing that's really funny is watching my daughters now. So my daughter is... My nine-year-old earlier this year was, you know how kids get really tired and grouchy and are breaking down? Yes, we know. Yeah. So one day... I know exactly (laughs) what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. So one day day we were in our Suburban, we're driving home, both my daughters are in the back seat, and my older daughter is crying about, my younger daughter has this water bottle in the front cup holder, and my younger daughter has her water bottle in the back. It's one of those cup holders that's between the two seats. My old, my older daughter wants the other cup holder. So literally these things are like an inch away from each other. And my older daughter, just because she happened to be really like tired and grouchy that week, is crying about a cup holder. And, and we were, my wife and I were laughing so hard. And then finally, like a few days later, we were able to joke with her like, hey, remember when you're crying about a cup holder and how ridiculous that was? Well, the, the cool thing to me is like, that's how, that's how God looks at us right now as adults when we're going through something pretty stressful. So we're going through, let's say our business is running low on cash, or let's say, um, let's say I'm fighting with my wife and I, and I start to feel all this like emotional stress and I start to get like pouty and moping around. Well, God's kind of looking at us like I was looking at my daughter, like, do you realize you're crying over something that's like this big in the grand scheme of life right now? And so when a lot of I when a lot of our guys start to realize that that leg of their stool gets so strong because mm-hmm. it's like I can handle a lot more knowing that this is just one tiny little speck in my life. And so all of these pillars really feed off each other. Yeah, that's another line. Do you like you sharing over cup holders? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You sh- yeah, there's so many shirts after this show. Yeah, and you, and so you said by sharing that, uh, your story about in, U- in Uganda, like yeah. I write, I write little stuff down of like if I'm feeling sorry for myself, like if my knees hurt, I got a buddy with no legs. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think you have it bad, yeah, you don't live in a landfill. Yeah, the perspective. Actually, yeah, and you got a buddy there, or someone you can actually call to complain to who has the actual problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's that's where positive reinforcement is coming from. Yeah, yeah. My buddy Joey Jones has no legs. Yeah, we got a few. And we every, a lot of them, every once in a while, I'll call him. I'm like, I just want to tell you how bad my feet hurt right now. <laughs> I was like, I, I, yeah, we got buddies. No, yeah, I was like, hey, can, yeah, you, can I, you tell me to quit being a little bitch? He's like, well, let me tell you what I'm going through right now because he has to literally fall off the bed at night and belly crawl to the bathroom. Yeah, crazy. Dude, with no hands. Yeah. I was like, man, I stubbed my perspectives. Oh, my. Perspective, man. Yeah, perspectives. Okay, everything. I think you really got it. Then the dudes, them the kind of people you want to hang out with. Yeah, well, you won't ever forget your plight. You're just kind of like, man, this is my I, that, this is my lane. I can worry about other people's problems, or, 
but I don't. You don't want to bring them in. Like mm-hmm. you don't want them to consume it because they 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 can. Absolutely. That's how you know you got partners. Yeah. Like when you step into a world with them, and no matter what they're going through, their their trouble is your trouble. Or they're or you're feeling sorry for yourself, and you got somebody like us, like like you need to suck the fuck up. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. do not care. Yeah. We care. <laughs> well, it's uh, those are those are two. That's how you know we care. <laughs> it's weird. Those are two. You nailed two well-documented mental toughness hacks, essentially, with your brain. Like the one mental trick, and you guys have seen this for sure, is pessimistic optimism. So it's like you're hunting and it's negative twenty and the snow is blowing sideways. The most mentally t- tough guy in the group. He's like on happy pills. He'll look at you and be like, oh, it's negative 20. At least it's not negative 40. Okay. At least we're not wet. And instant- they said shit. Yeah, I was like, I did the fucking hood on. Yeah. <laughs> and instantly you feel so much better. You're like, yeah, it's not negative 40. It's only negative 20. The good thing is that's like cut Ron moment. We're almost out of gas. We're almost out of gas. <laughs> yeah. What's the good news? Well, we're almost <laughs> out of gas. It's like the cup is half full or half empty. Either way, man, shit, if you ain't ever been thirsty, there ain't no half full or half empty. Yeah. Your just ass ain't never been thirsty because it don't matter how much is in there. And yeah. we will, man, we'll hold on to the last minute until it shifts, and then we'll be the first ones happy in that moment because it doesn't matter. Shit or chaos, man. Will you, if you're in it, fucking. I think eventually people realize that go through these adverse situations, man, they make just for the most amazing stories. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. You yeah. just laugh your ass off at the end. Yeah. That's kind of what you're looking for. I think that's kind of what we're digging into man. these days. And a big part of y'all's success is perspective. Like y'all's community, like you have that ac- accountability built into what y'all offer, right? Yeah, the community's huge, and I think that it's also it's that second mental toughness hack. I think it's you know like pessimistic optimism works, but so does checking on your buddies. So you'll be in a really terrible workout, and you think it's the worst workout you've ever done, and you're you're like redlining. But then if you look and try to just help your buddy get through this workout, then all of a sudden it's like half as hard as it used oh, to be. guys get through, through hell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you if you think you're going to quit, look left and right. There's somebody still laying there. Oh, man. Yeah. Then, dude, then you start watching them. Especially when you find, them, them find a motherfucker that's really funny. in the hurt locker. Just, dude. I mean, you can just tell he's in bad shape. Like, 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 I man, know that dude's At hurt. least I'm not as bad as that guy. <laughs> He ain't looking good. <laughs> you can't pay for that humor. And then right you ask him, like, hey, man, do I look as bad as you? Because yeah. if I don't, yeah, I'm dude. doing good. And then the best is when you start talking shit out in town about how tough you are, you'll be like, nah. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. It's <laughs> almost that you said it earlier. It's like, that's a good shirt line, too. It's like perspective. You can't just get it. Yeah. I mean, you got to earn earn it. You got to go through right, some yeah, shit. Yeah, perspective. Right. You got to earn it. Yeah. You, yeah. Just can't, you just can't get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't be given to you. <laughs> You actually got the you you got the man. We got some great one liners coming out of this thing, buddy. Well, those are those are great things for guys to learn too. Like, because if you're if you're struggling in the backcountry and things are real shitty, and then you just start worrying about getting your buddy off the mountain, you'll get eaten. Oh, yeah. Well, it'll kill you. Yeah, well, it'll consume you. But the kind of like the world they come out of. Yeah. If they freak out in that world, right? It'll do the same thing. It'll eat you up and spit you out, and then. Just like then, some people come and get you, some people won't. Yeah, you can be there with a buddy, you won't. But definitely out there in the wilderness, man. If you you can't talk your way out of it, mm-hmm. you can't even talk your way into it, man. It just nobody coming to get, get you. No shit. Yeah, yeah. Can't, long, long can't sit out a tweet. Yeah, you're self reliant. <laughs> Please save me. Yeah, you got to figure it out. I'm gonna text somebody. It's like I got no reception in the backcountry. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. It's a it's awesome. 
And these are skills that I think I think men need more than than and ever before. Where you're at in location and yeah. just the tra- that's one of them training academy areas. Yeah, like when I might show up like, hey, look, probably not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> like Fight Club, will make them wait at the gate for two months, just staying out front. We've had a yeah, we have a little bit of that going good, on. Good, you should, yeah. man. It, yeah. Hey, the, you know how it was when we come up. Our our generation, man, the harder you make it. Yeah, they'll show up. The ones you won't. Yeah, and even uh, the, the guys are like, "Hey, to make them into the men, that's a molding process too." But just, yeah. I'd imagine you already got this going. There'll be programs that guys are designated for, like, "Hey, yeah, Mountain Tough." Then there's Mountain Tough S- SF, right? Mm-hmm. Where they just stay out there. Yeah, you can't get them off the mountain. I love that part though. Yeah, even your plans for like events of y'all's own or hunts of y'all's own, so you can really take that fundamental training that you've given them on the front end to say okay let's put this down yeah like make a documentary like like a docu-series out of it yeah like a competition out of that sucker yeah that's mountain man like this is the hard there's a triathlete not a competition man let's make no no but not for trophy wise just to build up to see who can do what great i mean i'm not saying make a show out of y'all's thing but (laughs) hell everybody else is doing it but i mean like a like a docu-series i mean yeah you can you can make the show without having to make the show yeah, like if you played it out in your head, how people would watch that and what put them through, and then they, they, that's the guideline. That's kind of the outline. It feeds itself. You're you're already doing it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I tell you nothing you don't already know, man. Yeah, we got we got plans for mostly like an event to get the whole community together, and so we'll probably do like an annual event where mountain toughers can come out to Bozeman once a year, and I think that just the like the the bonding experience of, of that and putting them through workouts together live will be pretty powerful. Oh, it'll definitely make them a team. Yeah, that's how you, you that's how you make us. Yeah, you take a bunch of guys from all walks of life. They wouldn't normally get along. Put yeah. a bunch of alpha predators in one area. If they're hunters and they're they're predators, alpha predator, apex predators, right? Then I'm normally not going to get get along. Yeah, unless you put them in a situation where they're all getting their ass whipped by the one thing. And then they'll then they become a team, and then you just keep keep pounding on them, pounding on them. And eventually, they'll become so hardcore for each other. That's how you create that unity. Yeah, and that that gets passed down because as soon as they go home, everything around them is just going to fall back into line. People always look up to those guys. Yeah, you're creating those pillars and sending them out. Yeah, yeah. We tell everyone now, like like anyone, any guy in the country who's who's struggling with any sort of depression, anxiety. They need to, they need to do something super hard this year. And our perspective is they need to do something outside that's super hard. Yeah. yeah. So there's nothing that's gonna change or save their life more powerful. You than gotta that. get out of the indoor because <laughs> that's what's tech, causing the problem. Tech, tech that's that, that's causing that's putting the shit the, the, what he, the indoors. Yeah. It's outside. Yeah. Yeah. They should put a hunt on their calendar now, and they should just go do it. And a lot of guys are intimidated by that they like don't live in the west would you be i mean is that what a lot of guys like are intimidated by hunting out west for their first time ever okay. just like in the back country would you guys be willing to take people just in the back country carry everything i mean because you got to go to the lottery you got to get a tag you got to know something all that kind of stuff you get an outfit are you guys willing just to hey look we're gonna go out hunting but probably not gonna get anything yeah, I don't know. you explain that part right. Yeah, that's what teaches patience and discipline. Like we hunt, we went out all the time. You don't see anything. Take them out yeah. a skunkle. Oh yeah, yeah. They need uh, hey, to see, see shit. Yeah, like man, if you if you do get this, it's kind of like swimming in the ocean. If you see a shark, man, you better take a look. Yeah, because normally 
you don't see them. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> With the animals, when you're out there, man, most of the time you're just going for a nature walk for yourself. You you don't have to actually get something down to learn something on that hunt. The stalk in itself teaches you about and your and your kit. Mm-hmm. Imagine the fir- like first couple weeks when I was hunting on camera, man. The whole, most of that stuff's just walking around. Even if you see something the first day, we're allowed to kill it. We had to actually stalk it, keep it in range, like move with it. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that's that stuff that that breeds. There's always something. The minute you teach somebody something, they're going to turn around and do it their way, which means they know a different way to teach it now. Yeah. They just need to get feeds. out there. Yep. Yeah. They need to get out there and get in the elements, do something do something way harder than they, they think they're able to accomplish. I think that's great advice. People, especially my age, you know, millennials, I guess I could fall into the millennial category, you know, it's like, and I own, a, I own an internet company. Like, all I do is sit at a computer. It's mm-hmm. like, you really got kind of just like overwhelmed with that all the time, and you're forgetting to make time outside or for yourself. I bought the website domain disconnectconference.com because I thought the same thing. Like, it'd be really cool to just disconnect for a certain amount of time. No phones, no technology, just like getting connected with the outdoors. Yeah. So it's crazy awesome. power. People need a place to do that. Yeah. yeah. You're exactly. A- and someone to facilitate that. Yeah. Yeah. So what's what's next? I mean, close us out. Um, our big our big mission now is is to keep building that. So all Mountain Tough trainings in an app. So Mountain Tough's on iPhone, Android, Apple TV. Brilliant, it's by it's the way. everywhere. But Thank. Thank you're you. welcome. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Great, yeah. great job, man. Thanks. During the quarantine and COVID and everything shut down, those are great. Because when I, those come online. So we've been training people digitally the whole time since 2016, but we okay. built our own native app and launched it this year in December. So now it, you know, now you can stream on your smart TV. You can st- stream on your iPhone, um, which is awesome because you can do you can do a minimal gear workout anywhere in the world, and you can do our gym, our home gym training if you have the equipment, but. There's programs for all levels, beginner, intermediate, elite, and then there's um, body weight programming, nutrition programming, and then there's all of our all of our mental toughness content in there as well. You realize, man, this can apply to them all day, every day when they're doing it. Yeah. Like the way you hide that you they're training. A lot of people think, well, I got and the app's the best way. And those the icons and the and the alerts that you send up. Is yeah. Kind of, people think, well, I got to go get ready for work. That's part of your training. And then the in-between from you driving here to there, you can do something on that in-between. You can train something, yeah. from, like breathing. Yeah. Most people think that that's, that gets overlooked. They don't train that because when you're working out, your body's doing it for you. Yeah. But those moments when you're sitting down doing your drive or something, focus on your breath count because if you lose your cool up there, that's how you get it back. That's the only way you get it back. Got to hit that breath count. Yeah. Right? Mindfulness. Mindfulness. Because it, re- it pulls that back in there. Because if your body is getting hurt, th- that's what they had to teach us. They had to beat this sucker to death before our mind even would kick in. Then they had to break that part for our spirit to step in, right? Yeah. The, the, will, the nature does that for you. Yeah. The only way you can get it back is to breathe. And, and each one of those little programs set up. So for anybody listening, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're, you're trying to change somebody's, you know, alter their carbon. You're trying yeah. to change them into something completely and mold them into what they're supposed to be. It's, it's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, creating that elite man. Yeah. It's, it takes elite a lot. man. I like it. That's the new program. Yeah. There you go, man. The elite <laughs> man. That's awesome. Hey, Dustin, thanks so much for uh, joining us. Uh, why don't you tell people how they can support you, where they can download the app? Website, all that fun stuff. You bet. Yeah, so everything's on mountaintough.com. Website, social, it's all under Mountain Tough, Mountain Tough Fitness. 
than the apps available anywhere you could stream anything else. So Apple TV, iPhone, Android, all the app stores, all under Mountain Tough. Thanks for coming out, man. Thanks again, man. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the, appreciate the opportunity. Welcome to Texas. What's next for you guys? Congress. Congress. Yeah, Congress <laughs> Bro, I'm a rancher. I got the cows now, a couple of ponies up front, then the kids, same age as yours. Awesome. Yeah, I love it. It's yeah, fun. I, you know, it, it, it's, um, we always do everything together. <laughs>